Welcome to Whatcom New Life Assembly's Sermon of the Week, where, as always, it's all good news. For more info on how to get involved in our church or to partner with our ministry, please visit us at whatcomnewlifeassembly.org. Who's ready for more good news? Yes, praise Jesus. I'm technologically amazing, so there we go. All right. Ready for more good news? I want to start today with a bit of an apology. I feel that I missed the mark last Sunday. Um, not in the truth that was spoken. I stand, I stand by all... I, we talked about marriage. And, and, and marriage is, is an amazing thing. But I feel that I, I failed to let the good news take center stage when it was all said and done. I, I feel that... that uh, that while truth was spoken, the good news is tantalizingly inv- inviting to everyone. And, and, and that, is, that is the heart. That's the gospel, is good news, euangelion. And marriage is euangelion in action. <laughs> marriage is a joy. Marriage is a treasure. Marriage is the picture of the bride of Christ, which we all are. And so uh, it's good news. So please, if you got anything other than good news last week, forgive me. Because I know it is my mandate and my mantle to deliver good news to the people of God. And so uh, just relax in that and and join us on this journey. Um, Today we're going to switch gears. We're talking still about winning together. And today we're going to be talking about parents And if you're like, I don't have any kids, well, you have parents, right? We're talking about parents, sons, and daughters, and everyone in this building falls into one of those categories, uh, for better or for worse. There's a a comedian um, named Jim Gaffigan who does a lot of stuff about parenting, Um, but I have to read you this. His, uh, His analogy of bedtime when you have kids He says, bedtime makes you realize how completely incapable you are of being in charge of another human being. (laughs) My children act like they've never slept before. Bed? What's that? No, I'm not doing that. They never want to go to bed. This is another thing that I will never have in common with my children. Every morning when I wake up, my first thought is, when can I come back here? It's the carrot that keeps me motivated. Sometimes going to bed feels like the highlight of my day. Ironically to my children, bedtime is a punishment that violates their basic human rights as beings. Once the lights are out, you can expect at least an hour of inmates clanging their tin cups on the cell bars. You know, (laughs) and I kid you not, before I got married, I honestly considered myself one of the most unselfish human beings on the planet. I'm like, well, I'm a really selfless individual. And and the day I got married, I realized that was a lie. (laughs) I realized, wow. And I I remember, within the first week of marriage, like, I am the most selfish person on planet Earth. I honestly, like, I got to work on that. And so then, you know, we didn't have kids for another four years or so after, after we got married. And I feel like I worked, you know, worked out my salvation with fear and trembling. And I became, again, the most selfless individual on planet Earth. And then my son was born. 
And I realized, oh God, what a wretch I am. I'm the most selfish human being on planet Earth. Can anybody relate with me here? Because the Lord's taking me from glory to glory. He's like, oh, you think you're selfish. Here is a child. Take care of this screaming baby. Today is, is not a message about how to raise kids. Now, uh, we want to do some small groups and do some great teaching on that. But obviously, to raise children takes more than the, the time we have on a Sunday morning. But rather, I w- want a posture, a mindset, a way of viewing life to be prophetically poured out upon us where we look to the generational synergy of this thing called sons, daughters, and parents. I mean, we could go on and on. In the Bible, there is so much good stuff about, about parenting, about being a child, about being a son, about being a daughter. For example, train up a child in the way he should go, and in the end, he will not depart from it. Some of you just need to grab hold of that verse. You're like, my kids are running off. Did you train them? Yes, you did. In the end, they're going to cling to it. Just cling to that. This is in the, in the Word. It's in the Proverbs. Cling to it. Let that be your prophecy over your children. You prayed that into them. You taught them the best that God has given you. Pray that in there. In the end, they're not going to walk away from it. They're going to grab hold of it. Prodigals are coming back in the name of Jesus. Kids, those of you who are still living in your parents' home, here's a verse for you. This is directed at parents, and it says, Do not exasperate your children and do not provoke them to wrath. Next time your parents feel like you're, you're, they're exasperating you, just say, hey, you're exasperating me, Dad. Just see how well that goes for you. <laughs> Listen, parents, there is a fine line between rules and expectations and exasperation. And we've all crossed it. I know when I've crossed it. And you know what? Kids, students, young people, we hate when we cross that line, honestly. We know it, we feel awful about it, we feel terrible, but we are human, uh, and, and we, we are a work in progress. But parents, we would be good not to exasperate our children, but when we're not listened to, exasperation is the first thing that comes to mind. But we're not talking about that today. Other verses, a godly man leaves an inheritance for his children and his children's children. That's an amazing verse. And I'm not just talking about finances. There is an inheritance to leave for the generations that follow. My grandpa, Josiah, I, I, it was just a little bit. He had like 19 grandkids or something crazy like that. Some of you are like, that's nothing. I got 100. Whatever. But he left every one of us $100. It wasn't all, you know, it's not like I could go buy anything, you know, a new house or a new car. But the statement was, I am leaving something for you. Because I want to leave a legacy beyond me. And he left it. And that was such an example to me. Some of us, maybe you're not in a a financial place to do that, but you can leave an inheritance for your children and your children's children. Another verse we could talk about is how the Bible talks about how children are like arrows. And blessed is a man whose quiver is full. I brought my, uh, there's a Klingon child, all right? Not from Star Trek. Brought my compound bow. This is what it's talking about. I got, I got a Josiah, and I got a Jilly, and I got an Emma. And I am blessed to have them. Amen. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to get so far, I'm going to be like, yeah, boom! I, all I can do is, is launch. 
And if I can get that view, like, I, I'm not the end of the story. I'm not the end-all, be-all. I have something to propel forward. I will be a blessed, blessed person. And you need to understand something else, parents. Not, not every kid is the same. You don't just blindly launch. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And part of our privilege as parents is to pray and pray and seek the Lord. Who is this child? What are they gifted at? What are they called to do? And then we launch them out. I lived in eastern Washington as a youth pastor, and you cannot not learn to hunt while you're there. One of my students was, a, was an archery champion. And he said, I'm going to teach you how to, how to shoot bow. And my pastor said, anytime you cannot be in the office and be out with a student, do it. So he and I, we would just sit in the field for a lot of days and just talk. But uh, if, you, if you go to my next slide, I discovered when he taught me how to shoot bow and arrow that it's not, not just one kind of arrowhead on these arrows. There are a variety, and they all have different purpose. That weird one in the middle is for small game. It shoots it and grabs hold of something small. You've got a fishing one. You've got a blunt one to just knock something out. You've got your broadhead. And your kids are a variety, a potpourri of wonder. <laughs> and part of our privilege as, as fathers and mothers is to pray. And Father, is my child a blunt? <laughs> sure seems like it sometimes. No, I'm kidding. And we get to launch them ahead. Amen? Amen? So we could take our time and go on and on. Any one of these verses, we could take the whole service and really go into. But that's not what the Lord put on my heart today. Instead, I want to offer a posture, a perspective, that I believe the Lord would want us to look toward in this idea of winning together. As parents as sons, as daughters, as children. The perspective is, is found in this. And Zeb, if you'll bring out my next... Uh... Wow, you're so strong. The perspective is this. This block, this unit of measurement, if you will, this pile of blocks... We live in a culture whose perspective is it's all about me, right? It's all about my block and what, what my purpose is and what I, oh, it's, oh, I'm so good. Look at me, I'm a yellow brick, right? Now, yes, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a beautiful blockhead. And the Lord would say to you, yes, I'm, I want you to know how valuable you are. I want you to see what a powerful person you are. What a wonderful child. What a wonderful son. What a wonderful daughter. Kingdom royalty, you are a yellow block. But that guy over there is a big red one. Just as valuable as you. What about my, what am I? You called me to build something, Lord. I'm a yellow block. He said, yeah, you sure are. Yes, Abraham, I will give you this nation as your inheritance. Yes, David, I you will build the kingdom of Israel. Yes, Jessica, you will live in a community that loves the homeless well. Hank, you will, you will create a worship culture in my church. Yes, Mary, you are going to get all, you are called to get the, all the orphans in, in homes where they are loved and provided for. Yes, that is your calling. That is what I'm promising that you will be. Yes, Jerry, you, you are called to go to the unreached people group. You are going to see a great harvest in that people group. And we're like, 
yes, yes, I'm in. I am a yellow brick. I'm so in. I am ready to build that kingdom. Let's see the promise come into fruition. Yes, Jesus. Let's do it now. Let's do it right now. It's been five minutes. It has been five minutes and all the orphans are still out in the orphanage. What's the problem? It's been five minutes, God, and you said I would get this whole land as my inheritance, Abraham. What is the holdup? We live in a McDonald's culture, don't we? <laughs> five minutes for a cheeseburger? <laughs> Unheard of. Subway could do it in four, and they don't even have burgers. I can't believe it. I'm so, uh, this is ridiculous. I'm done. I'm done with you and your promises. You lied to me, God. You said I would see this in my lifetime, and I'm not getting any younger. Let's do it now. Let's do it now. I'll have a number two now. You promised me a number two now. You said my life was a number two, and now's the time. Let's go. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises as some would consider promises. Yeah, but I'm not getting any younger. And therein lies the fatal lie that we've believed. What if, and follow me closely, what if some of these dreams and these promises and these visions that you are called to, you were called to be a footing for? To spend your life, to be the wall, to be the beam, to be the electrical unit, to, lay, to be the person who plows the ground, to do this and, and whatever God has called you to do. A capstone, a foundation, a window. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with that? What if your life is, a, is the fruition of a promise to your great-grandma? Are you okay with that? And maybe great-grandma was a blue block. But without the blue block, I don't get the promise are you okay with that or does it really have to be all about you and the right now what if the promise spoken to you about the orphans was for the generation to come i don't want it to be nobody does but are you okay with that will you be faithful with that even if you're the person at the bottom of the rung because some of you do not have the heritage that some others do. Some of you got to say, you've got to dig the foundation footings, or there's nothing that can be built in your kids and your grandkids and your great grandkids. You're the pioneer. Are you okay with that? Or do I want to be the flag on top? I get it all. Am I okay with that? But I'm not getting any younger. What if we are building blocks? for the kingdom of God, not the whole kingdom itself? What if we're a piece of the puzzle, not the whole picture? 
Yeah, the whole picture lives in me. But what if I'm the blue block? Am I okay with that? I've mentioned Abraham a couple of times. Abraham was, he was called out, a man of faith. He was called out from a land of Ur, and God just said, hey, go, and I'm going to send you to a land that I'll show you later. And he's like, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm a red block after all. If that's what you say, you know better than me. And so he goes, and he gets there, and the Lord says, look at the stars in the sky. So will your descendants be. Everywhere you step your foot, this is your land, Abraham. And he says, yes, amen. There's a lot more to this story. But did you know that, that the kingdom didn't come to Israel till 430 years after Abraham set foot from Ur? in the first place. And you have all sorts of people along the line. You get to Abraham, Isaac, his great-grandson Jacob gets back to that land and God says, this is, the, this is your land and I will establish your kingdom and it will be forever. And Jacob says, okay. But Abraham was dead by then. Isaac was dead by then. And Jacob didn't see it happen either. What? You lied, God! No! It wasn't just about the red, blue, or the yellow block. Jacob died and breathed his last breath in the land of Egypt amongst pagans. And before he died, he told his son Joseph, he said, Joseph, when I die, you are going to go inherit this promise that was promised to me and my father and my father, his father before him. And when you go, Joseph, would you take my bones with me, with you? and bury them in the land of the promise. Because you, our God never fails on his promise. And sure enough, Joseph gets to take, in fact, we could go on and on if I had time. They go into slavery for a very long time, and it wasn't until Moses came along, 430 years later, that they entered into the promised land and subdued it. Are you okay with any of these blocks? Or do you demand to be the, the, the guy who actually gets to see the promise? Now, pro listen, I want to see the promise. Don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not faulting you for that. But will you stay faithful? Will you stay faithful no matter what your eyes see? Will you stay faithful to the promise? Even if you're in the land of Egypt, you're like, God, you said this. Son, take my bones with you when it happens. Because he promised it, and the one who promises is faithful. Amen. Amen. This is a generational synergy. What if we are just building blocks? Or will I, will I usurp the foundation for my own selfish desire? I'm out! Because you didn't do it when I thought you should, and when it seemed perfect timing, God. And guess what happens to the, the, the promise? It's time to rebuild again. We've got to wait for more generations who will rise up and call the Lord blessed and will remain faithful in spite of the odds and will remain faithful and stand to the promise and parents who will tell their kids the promises and will, will, will say, never forget this, never! Who will see, in, in the midst of ad adversity, they will still say, my God is faithful! And your kid's like, well, you're going through this and this just happened and this person said this about you. My God is faithful! That is a legacy beyond anything you could ask or think. 
when you can just say, I will stand and I will stand with the Lord no matter what. Spiritually and physically. Do you really think your death is the end of all things? Do you see where this, this is the lie we've even bought into as a Christian culture? That, I, that somehow it all starts and ends with me. And then when I die, it's all over. And if I don't see the promise in my lifetime, it's done. Do you really think your death is the end of all things? Hebrews 12.1, and this is going to make you smile more than anything. Hebrews 12.1 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and so easily entail, entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Here's your block. This is your measurement. This is your unit on planet Earth. Run the race marked out for you. Because we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses that came before us. Yeah, but they're dead. Oh, are they? <laughs> you see, that's atheistic thinking. It is absolutely anti-Christ in nature to believe that there's nothing beyond this, this moment. Oh, I breathe my last. It's all over. No, it's not. It's only just begun. I am surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And if you throw up my next slide, I love this picture. It's like this. And the best analogy is college football, not the NFL. Because in college football, you get about two, maybe three years with the starting quarterback, right? And one day he throws his last pass, and it's all over for him. The game's done, and now he puts on the fan jersey and he watches either from the television or in the stands, and he is a roll tide for life. Even though he's not the one who gets to throw that football anymore, he doesn't get to block that, that, that pass anymore, but what does he get to do? Roll tide! Kick him in the teeth! No. <laughs> he's part of the great cloud of witnesses he has done his measurement his unit he's done what he's been called to do and now he is a great fan he's faithfully fulfilled his portion of the of the the legacy of alabama sorry for you you dub folks i don't know enough quarterbacks from there jake locker yes nailed it <laughs> don't tell him that it's my measurement. It's my portion of the relay. And one day, you'll throw your last pass, and it's done. You get to breathe your last. Take a break. Oh, yes. Roll tide. I'm in. Forever and ever. We are surrounded. These are the people that came before us. Yes, I could, I could take you down to the, the physical descent, the people you came from. But there's also spiritual fathers and mothers that you've never even thought about that's sowed into your life. And you're reaping this. And they're in there. They've got your jersey on. They have, they've got the number one foamy finger and they're screaming, yeah! Because they took it as far as they could go. And I said, now it's your turn. Yeah! The promised land isn't subdued yet. The game's still going on the field. I breathe my last. It's your turn to be quarterback. 
But I get to be part of the great cloud of witnesses. I, I want to show a video clip, and I have to set this up, uh, because otherwise, if you've never seen the movie, you'll have no clue what we're talking about. Of course, this is a Disney movie. Um, this is from the, the movie Inside Out. And in that movie, you've got this little girl, and these characters are all in her head, and they're the ones who control her thoughts and her brain. She goes through something traumatic, and as a result, uh, her joy is lost, and, and, uh, and her core memories, all of these things. And so joy goes on a journey in her head to, find, to help restore the core being of who she is. And in the process, she finds her imaginary friend, Bing Bong. <laughs> But they both fall into this pit where everything's forgotten, where all the memories disappear. And so Joy is there, stuck in the pit with Bing Bong, and they're trying to figure out how to get out. And the only, they find this, uh, this little cart, and the only way to power the cart, because it was part of her imagination, was to sing the song, Who's your friend who loves to play? Bing Bong, Bing Bong! Anyway, I think you understand. Let's watch this. Joy, one more time. I got a feeling about this one. Take her to the moon for me, okay? Whose life are you propelling forward at the expense of your own? It doesn't have to be your, your own physical kids, but we should all be pushing and pushing each other because if we, they win, we win. If you win, we all win. Who's your friend who loves to play? Oh, look at all these bricks. Who's your friend who loves to play? Ah! For the joy set before me endured the cross.
And then I take a seat in the, st- in the stadium, and I sit next to John Steele, and he's like, can't come in the teeth. I'm like, that's rude, but let's do it anyway. You get him. Because there's someone whose, whose joy is at stake. There's a legacy beyond my 72-ish years on planet Earth that I get to just be a building block and propel the kingdom of God forward because I'm not the entirety of the kingdom, but I'm sure a part of it, and I'm going to stay a part of it. I have a cloud of witnesses I think about all the time. The ones that I know. My mom, my, my grandma, my grandpa jo- Josiah, Grandma Jean, Grandma Tilly. And these are the, just the ones I have connection with. And I know that they are even right now cheering, yes, they got my t-shirt on. And they're like, you, you go, you go. Because they poured their lives out to be part of something that wasn't just limited to their 70 years on earth. And my spiritual fathers, the ones I know and the ones that I'm reaping the benefit of beyond I could ever understand, are up there with as well. And I've got this one unit to add to my family line. I've got this one unit to add to the kingdom. And it's my turn to throw. And it's your turn to throw because you're still breathing But as I'm throwing, I need to be looking. There's other blocks. And I'm looking at my kids, and I'm like, they're my my legacy, but there's my spiritual children as well. And there's people that I can encourage, and I can be bing-bong to them. Who's your friend who loves to play? Go! Take her to the moon for me. Will you pour your life out for something beyond your, your, your blip on planet Earth? There's a legacy There's a legacy that starts with your family and goes beyond there. Parents, do you have dreams that are bigger than your lifespan? Let me free you to have those. We often feel, oh, I'm only limited to what I can accomplish. No, you're not. That's nonsense. Do you have a dream that you can pour into, that you can pray into, that you can bing-bong into, that is beyond your ability to even see happen in your lifetime? Yes! Praise Jesus! Dream away. Be the block. It's such good news. It doesn't end with you. Isn't that great news? I was yesterday, as I'm writing in my journal, like, sorry, this is maybe be obscure to you and a little weird, but like, I saw my mom's penmanship in my own handwriting, and I just began to weep. And I realized, oh my, even though she's She's passed away and she's in the stands. She's right. I'm representing her legacy here. Beyond what I could have ever accomplished. She poured her life out. She loved Jesus to the very end. Now here I am. It's my block time. But there's going to be the day where I breathe my last. But that doesn't mean it's my last. Because I have poured my life into my kids, into my spiritual children, into those I can... And you know what? It goes on beyond me and I'm just up there cheering away. It's such... Good news. Who can you be a spiritual bing-bong to? You don't have kids of your own? Well, you can have more. Pour a legacy. Blessings are in your family line. The curses are dead. They've died on the cross. In the last days, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with it? You don't get to be, oh, I'm not the one prophesying all of a sudden. The sons and daughters are. Are you okay with that? 
You better be. The sons and daughters will prophesy. But that doesn't mean you're left out, right? It means you're a part of something bigger than yourself. Because if you win, I win, so I'm going to push. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let her rip. This is a prophecy out of Malachi 4 that I believe we are in today. It says that I will turn the hearts of the sons to the fathers and the fathers to the sons in the last days. And I believe with all my heart we're there. And it's beyond physical lines, but it's, we are looking to each generation like, yes, I'm for you. And the older generation, yes, I'm for you. And we're for the ones that haven't even been born yet. Because I believe, I believe we are. Let me talk quickly up to sons and daughters. I've, I've addressed a lot of parents. But yeah, great, I'm an arrow. Woohoo! Great, I'm joy. I'm the one in a wheelbarrow and bing bong threw me to safety. Yay! That's us, sons and daughters. That's a great place to be. But remember, there's going to be a point where you're, you're bing bong. <laughs> and it starts even now. Because when I shoot from my arrow, this arrow only goes so far before it starts losing its momentum. And that's your time to draw back and then launch. And this way we go from glory to glory. And it's not just a 70-year glory to glory that I can accomplish in my lifetime. It's a 10,000-year glory to glory because you know what? My kids pass it on to their kids and their kids pass it on to their kids. And the other kids that they don't even know about have passed it on to their kids. I don't even get to know. They don't know about me. I I couldn't tell you about most of my great-grandparents or certainly not my great-great-grandparents other than I can find their names once in a while. And I'm like, I sure would like to sit down and have an interview with them. You know what? When we're in the stands together, I'll get my chance to do that. But until then, I'm a son, and I'm a daughter, and I'm here on planet Earth. I I promised myself I wouldn't go into the Greek and Hebrew. I know I do that more than than, than I should. But the word son is, is the word ben. And yes, it means a physical heir, but it also means a builder of the family name. You are a son. You are a daughter. More than just to your physical parents, but to the kingdom of God. And it is our privilege as sons to build the family name. To build the family legacy. Sons and daughters, don't demand an inheritance from anybody. Don't expect an inheritance. That's not your job. Because if you expect it, And I'm talking about physical parents and I'm talking about physical sons and daughters and spiritual. Don't expect it, but receive it. Because if you expect it and it's not given, you're bitter and angry forever. If you expect it and you do receive it, it's no longer an inheritance, it's a payment. You you receive nothing. It's, It's freely given. Parents, we get to freely give. And our job in Ephesians 6, 2 through 3, sons and daughters, and that's all of us, is to honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, mother, things will go well for you, and you will have long life on the earth. There is a power in honoring the generation before you. Honoring, honoring. That word honor means to add weight to, add gravity to, to give weight to. Yeah, but my parents weren't honorable people. I'm not talking about mine. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> That's not what I... But there are some here I'm sure you would say, my parents were not honorable people. And how do I honor that? Yes, you are still called to honor your parents, even if they were the weirdos. 
Let me tell you about a weirdo out of the scripture. His name was Noah. Wait a minute. The Sunday school story goes like this. Noah was the only righteous person on earth. And so God flooded the earth and killed everybody else except Noah and his kids. Now let's sing Jesus Loves Me, kids. <laughs> that's the Sunday school story. And that's, that's true. They're, they're, that's, not, that's not wrong. But Noah was no, no perfect. If you want to know somebody who wasn't perfect, I know a guy. Thank you. If you didn't get that pun, re-listen to the, the uh, audio later and you'll maybe catch on it. So after the, after the flood, after the, the, the water recedes, Noah plants a vineyard, and, and he's got his kids, Ham, Shem, Japheth, and their families, and Noah gets plastered. What? This patriarch gets dr- drunk? Oh, yeah. So much so, he passes out in the house, buck, naked. Now you see why we don't add this one to the Sunday school story. <laughs> So, Canaan, his, his, his one son, goes in. Oh my goodness! Dad's naked. He's drunk, passed out, and naked. And he runs out and he tells his, his brothers, Hey, I'm Jake. Dad's naked again. <laughs> Let's take a picture and put it on Facebook. He doesn't do that. They didn't have Facebook back then. So. But he goes and he dishonors his father, who was not honorable. Can you say that is not an honorable place? Lying naked, drunk before your kids. That's really, really, really bad stuff. But Ham and Japheth, they get a cloth and they back into the house and they cover their father's nakedness without looking at him because it was their privilege to honor their father, to cover up the shame, to be family lineage builders, to be sons, not to be mockers. So you say, I don't have parents that I can honor. Yes, you do. What happens to Canaan? As a result, Canaan's descendants become the ones who get killed and beat out by the rest of the the tribe of Israel. Because he receives a curse from his father rather than the blessings of Ham and Japheth. You may think you don't have a parent that's worth honoring, but you do. You have a parent that's living and breathing. Maybe you have to back in. And you have to be careful and cover over the shame and the nakedness to bless them. But if that is your way of honoring, then do it. Because you're not the only brick in the, blo- in the wall. Amen. Honor to cover over the faults, to add weight to. How can you add weight to them? How can you honor your father and mother? One last thought before we, we, we conclude here. Um, we talked about a little bit this morning in our staff meeting about orphans uh, in physical, an orphan spirit. People who, who feel like they've been abandoned, they've been, they've been neglected and betrayed. And did you know that that's a curse that the Lord just wants to heal right now? Yeah. Yeah. Before you leave today, we're going to pray over you. We also talk, we mentioned that, that this, doing this all day, is creating more and more orphan spirits. Do you know that? Because I can disconnect from everybody. 
I don't have to be in the awkward conversation. I'm just going to disconnect. So, so sons and daughters, reconnect with the lineage around you. Reconnect with the godly men and women around you. Reconnect with your parents. I, listen, I've got one of these, and I look at it like this, all right? I'm not, this isn't, there's no, it's, the device isn't easy and evil. But if I allow this to, to negate any sort of interaction, I'm becoming an orphan, and I'm starting to feel like an orphan spirit. And the Lord wants to heal that. Those of you who don't have kids, and those even, even who do, we are to look out after the orphan and the widow. Who can I be that being, oh, you're, you're going far. I'm going to, you know what? I've never had a blue block in my family line, but you're with me now. Take her to the moon for me. Can we get a vision of winning together that is beyond this 70 whatever years that goes further than when it came before me that goes beyond what I can see the McDonald's generation where we think it's you know that 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 building has to happen now and you know what praise God and we'll pray into it and I'm gonna pray every day that I see the fruition of the promises that's happened to me but if not I'm bing bong in the end and I'm launching forward anyway because the God who promised is faithful and whether it happens now or a thousand years from now I'll be in the stand of witnesses anyway seeing it come to completion and I'm a part of it that's winning together it's our day in the sun right now if you're still breathing but it's just a blip what will you pass down to your kids and your children's children and your spiritual kids and your spiritual children's children and those who will have no memory that you were part of their lineage but you're just as much an important a part as they ever will understand because you will take your seat in the great cloud of witness, witnesses. You've been given the spirit of sonship. You are a son and daughter of the Most High. And so I can freely, from a place of boldness, from a place of knowing I'm a part of the bigger kingdom, I'm just going to pour my life and just throw everything I can. I will remain faithful to the end. I will be a warrior to the end. No matter what I see with these eyes, I will know in my heart that he who called me is faithful and he's not slow in keeping his promise. Who's your friend who loves to play? Bing bong, bing bong. And we'll join the crowd in the stadium. Here's what I'd like to do. I'm going to ask my dad to come up here. And I'd like my son to come up here, please. Seb, could you grab me a, a mic? I've, I've, asked, I've asked my father. If you didn't know, this is my dad. This is my son. And I've asked my father to pray a fatherly blessing over everyone here. So if you've got missing pieces in your family line, receive this blessing today. Amen. And I've asked my son to stand up here with me as well because he is as part of the family line just as much. And so if you would stand and just put your hands out and receive this, gener it's a generational blessing that start that will reheal the stuff in your past and your family lines past and will launch into your future and those you don't even know are coming our loving heavenly father let me stop right there and say thank you for being a father thank you for being an example of what it means to be a father 
we may fail, and when we do, your love is never, never hindered. You're always for us. You're always lifting us up. You're always providing for us. And Lord, I know that you want to see all of us here receive these generational blessings that you promised yeah. to us. And we pray, Lord, right now, for those that are just beginning their generational blessings because of failures in the past, that you will help them, encourage them, give them strength so that they can look back and say, I have received and I am moving forward and I'm building the kingdom. And Lord, we pray that we will look at our children and see the promise that is in them and help to encourage them regardless of the type of person and personality that they have. Help, help us, Lord, to build them up and always be an example to them of what it means to be a kingdom builder. And we lift uh, our, our family, our friends, Lord, together uh, to build your kingdom so that your kingdom will come and be on earth as it is in heaven, mm -hmm. we pray in thy name. Amen. Amen. You've received a blessing today. That, that's something, something maybe you can't touch like this, but it is something profound. If you, if you walked in here as an orphan, as a, as a widow, there is a healing that has been offered to you in the spirit today. And you will walk out of here whole. You will walk out of here as a strong brick in your family line going forward. And you will pour your life out in the name of Jesus. And so be blessed and receive the good news offered to you today. Receive it with joy and with gladness. And be blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit us at welcomenewlifeassembly.org.